StravaCraft coffee is rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig. You can also get whole bean or ground as well, whatever type of coffee you prefer. You can purchase online and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. And be sure to tag Strava when you do. When you order online, you can get it from StravaCraftCoffee.com, and the CBD is non-psychoactive, and it's been known to help with migraines, decrease anxiety, help with arthritis, IBS, many other aches and pains as well. So be sure to give it a try. And Cole gets another good righty, and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! He shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon, Cole J, T, Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> NBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Their two locations have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me, as always, is AJ Hayfley. Longtime listeners of the show will know very well that AJ and I are not really the top of the crop when it comes to goalies. So... We figured we'd bring in someone who knows a little bit more than we do. On the show today with us, we have Jeremy from Giants in the Crease. Jeremy, thank you for coming on, and how you doing? Yeah, yep, hanging in there. I think everybody is at at this point, but we're glad to have you on. I guess first, how did you get into goalieing, as it were? Were you a goalie growing up, or, or what led you to the goalie life? Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties here, but Jeremy talked about watching his father play goaltender and deciding to become one as a kid and all the way up playing goaltender up to minor league pro. Yeah, if you want to tell us a little bit about Giants in the Crease and and what all y'all do over there, feel free to. About all the junior goalies, and we even look at goalies in women's hockey as well just because they're all fantastic. We just... Love goalies here. Just great seeing, you know, different many styles. Uh, the best way I've seen goaltending described is it all serves the same purpose like writing, but everyone has a different writing style. Everyone's letters turn out different. It's the same thing with goaltending. It all serves the same purpose, but every little bit is different. Everyone dots their eyes a little differently. Everyone crosses their T's a little differently. Fair enough. For me, my handwriting looks terrible, so... Does that mean I'd be a terrible goalie? I guess probably. Um, obviously, that probably explains why I've never made it very far. <laughs> well, for starters, the big news with the Avs and goaltending obviously is on Friday uh, they signed Eustace Annanen to uh, his ELC officially. Obviously, the plan is for him to stay in Europe in the Liga for one more year. AJ and I are, are buying the hype on this kid, but what does a, a trained eye have to say about Ananen, first of all? Um, he's very, very good, to put it in very layman terms. The <laughs> hype is essentially warranted. 
uh, drafted. I mean, whenever you have a goalie in a men's league who's a U20 goalie end up at the top of save percentage, that's something to be very excited about, especially the Liga. It's not like this is the Austrian league, which might still be impressive, but less so than the Liga. And then, I mean, at the World Juniors, I know he didn't have the biggest performance on the stage that everyone would have wanted. It wasn't, you know, a huge gold medal game where he went toe-to-toe with the other team and stole a one nothing win. But I think looking at those games, there was a lot of improvement uh, from where he was to begin. He was always going to be maybe a little bit of a slow burner prospect. He was going to, I mean, he was a big goalie and those big goalies are always going to take a little bit more to develop because when you're 18 years old or 17 years old, you're six foot three, six foot four, and you're already, and you're like 170 pounds. That's still a lot of frame to fill out. And then you got to figure out how you're still going to be able to move as a bigger goalie and the game keeps changing. So then you got to keep up mentally with the game as well. And I think what we saw with Annan at the world juniors, uh, most importantly was that his movement's a lot better. He doesn't look like an 18 wheeler trying to get a, and move in the crease. Uh, he's able to make nice tight movements. He's better with his economy of movement. He has a little bit more explosiveness to him so he can get out to the top of the crease and then retreat back and not have to worry about being beaten on a pass every single time. Okay. So you would say his movement is his biggest improvement this year? Yeah, for sure. I That was always the biggest concern uh, when I look at my notes from his draft year was this is a big guy. He reads the game well. He tracks the puck well. He's very good with his positioning. He's very good in the technical parts of the game. He just struggles at moving around the crease, which is to be expected when you're trying to grow into that massive frame. Okay. So if the movement has improved, what are some of the weaknesses that still exist for him? Or, or is he really as well-rounded as he, uh, he claimed to be on draft day? I think the biggest weakness right now is going to be consistency in his uh, shot tracking department and trying to find confidence in being able to follow the puck all the way to him. So for, as an example, if the puck gets shot at him and you can either read it the whole way and then, you know, make an active save, catch it, just hold it into your body. Or what I noticed at the World Juniors was – He'd get in front of the puck, he'd see the shot come towards him, but he wouldn't read it in all the way. So he'd just go down, rely on his size, and figure that'd be enough to make the save. But as we saw versus Canada, they were just putting pucks right over his shoulders because everybody can shoot well nowadays. And the higher levels you go into, the better the shooters are, and the more they're going to pick those corners and wait for you to go down. So that's something he's going to need to improve on. Because no matter how big you are, as soon as you end up down on your knees, there's going to be space over top. All right. What what aspects of his game do you think he needs to focus on refining the most in this next year in Finland before he makes the North American jump? Just consistency, just being consistent, going in every game and every game after game after game and just being just keeping it close to the same line. Keep the lows to the absolute minimum and then enjoy the highs when they happen like he did this year. You know, the, that, that's the biggest thing any young boy faces. There's, there's more hype on Ananen than we've had on a goaltender in Colorado system. And 
um, quite Maybe a while, ever, I would yeah. say. <laughs> um, I mean, how how justified is that hype? You know, I mean, it's it's easy for us to be hostages at the moment and see Ananen succeeding the way that he did in the last calendar year. But his his D plus one year, we basically didn't talk about him at all because it was not a spectacular season. You know, he 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 just kind of he struggled honestly in the yeah, second league, and granted, his team was awful. But like he right, and like it's 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 funny to see him go from an awful team when he was in the Mestis to a top team in car in Carpa in the Liga, and we talk about him so differently. Where it's like. We didn't talk about him hardly at all when he was on a bad team trying to trying to just keep them afloat. And now that he's backstopping a very, very good team, we're talking, you know, we're asking questions like, is he the best abs goalie prospect ever? What's what's the future for him? You know, is that fair of us? Is are we are we too much in the moment or is there is the hype on him really justified? Oh, if the hype is, is he the best as goalie prospect they've ever had? I mean, depending on how far back you go, it might be justified, but also not the highest bar to clear, to be honest with you. I mean, Sam Yadikalio had a little bit yeah. of hype. Calvin Pickard had a little bit of hype coming at a junior. But neither one of those goalies have been able to really do what Annan has done, and I think it's justified. I mean, you never really know when it's a third-round pick how they're going to turn out. I mean, if we just – Ignore the fact that he's a goalie, and you look at a player that has done really well in the Liga, and he was drafted in the third round, you're naturally going to be excited for him. It's going to be the same thing with a goalie. You're just going to be excited for him, and I think the potential is definitely in the starting range. He has that kind of physical ability to be the starter on this team. That was the big thing with his movement. Now, he could have leveled out in his movement and just been – a big, slow-moving goalie who's really good at positioning, but he's added more explosiveness into his game. He's better at moving around the crease, and as long as he can pick up his consistency, there's no reason why he can't be a starter in the NHL, especially since systems become a big part of it. And the Avs do really well with goalies who are good positioning-wise. I mean, Rubauer always does his best when he's – being positionally solid and Annan can be that way for the abs as well later on, especially with the defense that we potentially have coming up. So what's the ceiling? I mean, you say he has a potential to be a starter. Is this, is this a guy that we're talking about could be, you know, one of, one of the better goaltenders in the league, or are we talking about like, he's like the 14th best starter in the NHL where he's not like that tip top. Nobody's going to take him uh, to be like their franchise goalie, but he's a really solid net minder that you can, you can ride for a number of, uh, you know, for, for a playoff window, I guess would be how you look at it where you don't, you're not trying to upgrade. You're perfectly happy. You know, he's like, you're, Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, he's, <laughs> Everybody that I'm thinking of is actually either really good or now bad. So this is a bad. This is a, this is this is turned out bad. Can't but... tell it. <laughs> like like can't tell Mike it for Smith. two years before he got burned up by him. <laughs> like Mike, Mike Smith, Smith, who's like yeah. solid, right? And can like he can get hot. He can backstop a team when he's playing well. But he's not necessarily a guy that you go into the season thinking, "Oh yeah, we got we got we have the answer at that position." Is that more Ananin's future, or is he like? 
a guy that we should be really excited about where it's like, hey, maybe this dude can can be the man in that. I'm always, even as someone who loves goalie prospects, I'm still always a little bit cautious, especially before they make that jump to the AHL. The AHL jump is huge. It really decides or shows which way a goalie prospect is going to go. And in the case of Annan, like I said, starter, yes, best starter. I think I prefer him to have a little bit better physical uh, skills in terms of just being able to move around the crease and the consistency. But if he cleans all of that up, I mean, put him behind the right system, put him behind the right defense. You're looking at a guy that you can put in that for 10 years and be pretty happy about it. It's just him managing to reach those levels and fitting in. Well, it's really hard to tell though when he's in the league, but uh, I'd say be happy about it. I mean, it's not very often you have a goalie acting like this. Be excited. Why not? Well, and, and, it's, fun. And it's fun to actually have, have a goalie prospect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Avs have never developed a starter. Like. Ever. Uh, Buddha yeah. is the closest, I think, that you, you can make the, You could make the case for Mark Denis, um, in the ex- because he went in the expansion draft and Columbus literally <laughs> had nobody else. Like, you could make that case. But those are the two guys we're talking about. We're talking about Budai and Mark Denis as – the best goaltenders they've ever developed. And, you know, now that's even more depressing because Peter Budai is now a goalie coach at Montana state. Yep. (laughs) So like, it's been, it's been a while. So even if the abs get a middle of the road starter out of Annan, it's a massive success given their history. Yeah. uh, I think he can give the abs a pretty good floor. Even like he could even just turn into a decent backup that, you're happy with or turn into a trade asset later on, or maybe he's just a backup for a couple years. He moves on and you're happy. You got a couple years out of him. It's a third round pick. So, so the last question, Rudo, if you'll allow me yeah, um, go, go. until, until I'm, until I'm done with my, my inquiries. Um, <laughs> timeline. He's that got one year left. In... Too, so. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, the, uh, timeline. He's got one year left in Finland and then he's coming over to North America if he's going to live up to this starter billing, if if we are going, we're seeing goalies succeed younger and faster than ever, as as with the oh, other positions. Sure. How long will should we realistically expect it to take if Annan is going to be on a starter track? What does what does his time in the AHL when he comes to North America look like? Well, I think uh, the first season you want to see something out of them. The tricky part about it, goalie coming over in their draft year plus four, joining in their draft year plus four, is that even if he posts a positive goal saved above average over 30 shot season, you're still looking at a 55% success rate. And then uh, generally, if they're still in the AHL by their fourth season, that's when you're essentially just like, that's essentially it. By that third season they should probably be already getting nhl games and be looking like the future starter or being a backup okay so he comes over next year that's year one that starts his three-year clock to kind of push for the job essentially yes uh you want him to have a good draft year plus one if it doesn't happen it's uh, he's, he's just that type of goalie prospect where you, you give him a little bit 
of leash because he just takes a little bit to adjust. But once he adjusts, he starts looking good. And I mean, he's shown that pretty well so far in his career that once he's able to adjust, uh, he turns out pretty well. So it's always hard to tell uh, if we're just looking at like a large swath of goalies, every goalie is a little bit different in how they do, but you generally want to see by that third season that he looks too good for the AHL. If he doesn't look better than the AHL, then unfortunately that's the chances to start dropping like a rock at that point. Okay. I think that seems fair, and we can wrap up the first period here. As I say many times, Jeremy, maybe you can confirm this. Do goaltenders make you want to drink at times? <laughs> uh, from watching Hunter Miska, yes. <laughs> okay, well, that is a conversation we will get into. Super random pipe swipe. <laughs> probably, uh, probably time to crack a Breckenridge brew after that shot's fired. Uh, the official beer of DNVR. They have the farmhouse down in Littleton, and they need your help to keep things running in these tough quarantine times. You can head on down there, pick up your Breckenridge Brewery sampler pack with all your favorite beers, including the Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, and many others, as well as a meal, which you can get $5 off when you use code DNVR. You can give them a call at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to schedule your pickup. The other thing we have going on, AJ, I'm sure you know this, but the wait is finally over, and DraftKings is now the official betting partner of DNVR, and they are bringing legal sports betting to Colorado. I'm super stoked on it. I cannot wait to dive into this stuff and probably lose all of my money, but I will have fun doing it. Before you know it, sports will be back, and it will be way more fun to watch when you have some skin in the game. And the best way to get in on the action is the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Yes, it is that DraftKings. They now have a sportsbook as well that's created by sports fans for sports fans. It's not some offshore operation, none of that dicey stuff here. Everything is legitimate with the DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's based in the U.S. You can bet wherever and whenever, assuming you know you live in a legal area like here in Colorado. And lucky for us, UFC is coming up this weekend, so you can get your betting in right away. There are also sports futures bets, by the way, my pick of the week. The Abs have an odds boost right now as a 1100 to win the cup, plus 1100 that is to win the Stanley Cup this season if hockey does in fact return. That is a pretty darn good deal, a chance to win a lot of money. So Get on it, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. So, it's a fantastic deal right now. DraftKings Sportsbook sign-up bonus of up to 1000 bucks with that DNVR sign-up code. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yes, So, question. uh, Those abs odds, Mm -hmm. do you know where those are league-wide? They are third highest. I believe Boston was 650 and Tampa was like 800 or something. So they're highest out west? Yeah, I believe so. They Well, yeah. 
and they were they were lower. They were only a thousand, and then they've been boosted up to eleven hundred. So it's a bit of a good deal at the moment. I saw uh, they also had. Uh, speaking of futures bets, they had the Abs as the likeliest to win the next title in Denver. Yeah, I, I like by quite a bit. They were at a they were at a they were at a thousand there, and then they had the Rockies at twenty five hundred, and then the Nuggets at three thousand, and the Broncos at four thousand. I'm surprised the Nuggets are higher than the Rockies on that one. You know, I thought about that. I I think that's probably just banking on, hey, it's going to be a shortened baseball season, and absolutely yeah. anything can happen. Fair enough. And, like, that roster still has a, a lot of talent on there. It's playoff so, talented. I don't know if it's championship talented. <laughs> it's, it, you know, there's no there's no June swoon if you don't play baseball in June for the Rockies, so... <laughs> Fair this enough. could be this could be the year for them, man. So I I understood. I under once I thought about it, I was like, well, ah, I could I could see that. And you know, the Nuggets have to go through LeBron, and yeah. the Nuggets have never successfully gone through the Lakers. So, well, it is what it is. But back to the Avs podcast and goaltending yeah. here, which none of these other games have. Jeremy from Giants in the Crease with us. We've talked about Annan, but the Avs do have a whole slew of other goalie prospects as well let's start with the one closest to the nhl in fact has an nhl game or two under his belt in adam werner obviously the fan base fell in love when he posts a 40 save shutout against winnipeg and and it's easy to root for that if you're an abs fan but over the course of the season from our eye aj and i pretty up and down inconsistency a lot like what you're talking about with annan and what have you seen from werner uh, so for Werner, this is probably about as good of a season as you could expect out of him. I mean, he's coming from uh, the top Swedish league off of a good team there, not seeing a whole lot of shots. And I did a uh, small article at the start of the season about what to expect out of Adam Werner. And I had his uh, GSAA over 30 in the positive .1 range, which is pretty decent. And he finished, uh, where did he finish? A little bit higher than average in that. So for a draft year plus five goalie, that not the worst. It's a good start. But uh, next year is going to be the biggest one. Next year is going to be one where he's going to need to take his biggest steps. And in a way, he's a little bit like Ananin in terms of uh, the movement is definitely going to be the biggest problem with him. And that uh, while Ananin has actually improved a lot in that area, where Werner is going to have to improve in is not looking like an 18-wheeler in the crease. Uh, the guy rotates very slowly. He needs more economy of movement, essentially. He's never going to be a fast goalie. When you're six foot five, over 200 pounds, quickness is probably not going to be a part of your game. It's going to be positioning, and he does well in that aspect, and that's what helped him a lot versus Winnipeg. But we saw that uh, when the pace of pay, play uh, was ramped up versus Edmonton and then in the AHL when the pace starts to ramp up and he has to start moving from one side of the crease to the other, that's when he starts to struggle. He gets behind the play and the things go downhill from there. Yeah. So is, is Werner's biggest limitation just the athleticism then? Yeah, essentially the, it's going to be probably his biggest limitation uh, for his whole career is that he's just not going to be able to move as well as, all the top goalies are. And that's what probably limits his potential as well to decent backup. Maybe he gets up to a nice tandem starter just because he's 
he is able to keep up with the puck as long as he's on his feet. But as soon as he starts sliding around and he needs to go from one side to the other, he starts running into issues. And, and we saw that against Edmonton, and you see that in the AHL as well. With Anand, and you talked about the AHL being a gigantic jump. How much of that struggling to move side to side is him just trying to find the angles on the smaller ice? Or, I guess, can we expect some steps forward in that regard in this coming season now that he's in North America? I think the expectation for improvement should be there. Uh, This isn't a goalie that you bring over and, like, this is the final product. This is a goalie that you bring over and you try and get him to adjust. So in Sweden... You can get away with uh, some of that stuff, but here in North America, when the game moves so fast and the ice rink's a lot smaller, you need to be better about your move. You need to be a lot smarter. Uh, and I mean, Werner's a smart goalie to begin with, but he needs to be smarter in how he moves in the crease, or else he's always going to be behind the play, and he can't be behind the play in the NHL. It's it's a death sentence. I know everyone. A common narrative is uh, you, know, you can always find a goalie in the NHL, but <laughs> there's a lot of teams looking for goalies, and Warner's going to have to really improve it or make it to that level. The AHL is a pretty big deal, and if you can't work in the AHL, getting to the NHL is going to be a lot harder. How much does the way that they went about the tandem last year with with Miska? and kind of how they split the time and then Miska kind of took the job eventually. How much does that really hurt him? I don't think it really hurts him. I mean, in the AHL, the problem is always going to be what happens in the NHL. So whatever happens in the NHL is always going to affect the AHL and so on and so forth. So you just have and you're good enough goalie, then you should be able to just be able to power through it and make the most of it. I think Warner did make a lot of it. And this summer is going to be a really big deal because he came in in his draft year plus five and a draft year plus five goalie in their first season. If they post a positive uh, goal saved above average, you're going to make it to the NHL or post or make it to the NHL for one season, 47% of the time that increases up to 62% in the second season. So him being able to adjust and come back and post this strong season again next year will go a long way to proving uh, just where he can be in this organization. How much time does he have? Annan's pushing him from behind. Hunter Miska kind of took the job from him ish this year. They're they're all relatively young. I mean, it, it just seems like a healthy situation for the organization, but individually it feels like they're all on a very short clock, especially because Annanen is, is pushing the way that he is. I think you could keep Werner for the next two to three years at least and see what happens. I mean, uh, generally with these draft year plus five goalies, you get four seasons of them before you figure out if they've made the NHL or if they busted completely. So, so yeah. What? Yeah. So you get two to three more seasons of Werner, and then after that, you have what you have. He's either going to be in the AHL or you move him and let him go back to Sweden or into another organization. So what does the Avs AHL goaltending depth look like next season at this point? Obviously, you have Werner signed. For ease purposes, we'll call him the number three, even if the depth chart does end up looking differently. Do you just bring Hunter Miska back for another year, or, or are you looking elsewhere? 
I'd say it's a good consideration. I mean, he worked well this year. I can't see them wanting to go and just fish for another goalie. It really depends, though, on what they want to do with that number three spot. Do they want to leave it up to uh, Miska and Werner to fight it out? Do they actually bring in someone with NHL experience? At the end of the day, I don't think it really matters a whole lot because NHL number threes just generally don't provide that positive of an impact. I mean, maybe in the dressing room they do. I can't speak to that. But when it's on the ice results-wise, number three goalies in the NHL are replacement level. You can throw in anybody in their position essentially and get the same result. Every goal in the AHL has the talent to go into the NHL one day, post a really hot game, and then go back to the AHL never be seen again. It's, it's happened on so, more than one occasion, I'm sure. But um, might have happened. So the weird thing more. with Miska, <laughs> the weird thing with Miska is uh, there's never been a, there's only been one other goalie in the AHL to post uh, two negative seasons in a row followed by a positive season, and that's Keith Kincaid, who spent four years in the AHL and then he made it to the NHL. So that's maybe they decide to play the odds a little bit. And I'm like, hey, he improved a lot this season. There's only one other goalie that's been able to do that. And that was Kincaid. So keep him around another year. Uh, I don't think, I don't know uh, what they feel like for him NHL-wise. I personally don't think a lot of them NHL-wise. But in the AHL, his style worked this year really well. And he was talented enough to get an ELC in the first place. So a lot, worse to, a lot worse goalies to play in the AHL right now than Hunter Miska. A little bit of a different question for you here. Are goalies usually big golfers? <laughs> I have no idea. All right. Probably. That's the only sport that you can play. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to play some golf even during these quarantine times, WGT Golf is the most popular golf game in the world, and it is now the official partner of DNVR Gaming as well. You can download WGT and join the DNVR Clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. We just had our first tournament over the weekend. I was doing pretty well, AJ, until I, I put up an eight on one of the par fours, unfortunately. Took me out of the running, but it was a very solid tournament. I believe our, our very own Harrison Wind tied the top of the leaderboards at a two under par. So just showing you that two under par won the tournament. It's not an easy game. It's extremely realistic, and the short game aspect is especially quite tough. You can join over 20 million players around the world and get an amazing experience with true-to-life courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St. Andrews, and many others, as well as going head-to-head -head with the DNVR community, many members in and around playing all the time. Jump on at dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf today. So, those are the major Avs goaltender prospects, I would say, but there are still a couple more down the line, including Trent Miner and Peter Kavacha. Um, at this point, uh, Kavacha, I assume is pretty much done and dusted. Uh, the Ananin <laughs> contract was the final nail in the coffin for that one for me, but minor still very young, still in juniors. Uh, as we watched Bowen Byram destroy the WHL in the second half of the season behind him at times was Trent minor goaltending for that giants team. So. I guess the question is, 
how does Miner fit in now, right? Because they have Werner, they have Ananen, and Miner is quickly falling into that next tier below that of goaltender prospect. Again, my untrained eye didn't have the greatest draft plus one season. No, no, he did not have the greatest draft plus one season. Uh, it was actually a really tough uh, to find comparables for him because he was just in the average range for a goal saved above average, although his quality start percentage, which uh, measures consistency, was near the 60% range. So it's just kind of a weird where he started out weekly, kind of got back into it, accumulated enough GSAA to get back up into the positives, but never really took over the starting role, which you want to see in your draft year plus one because he still didn't even have that many starts. So this draft year plus two for him is absolutely huge. He's going to need a massive improvement and just go out and be the best starting goalie he can possibly be to even earn that ELC. Because right now, if you're the Avalanche, you're not really considering him for an ELC at the moment. He's going to need to prove a lot more. Do we know what's going on with Tendek? Is he is he done in Vancouver? Yeah, he's done. He, he was an overager this year, so he's definitely done for next year. Okay. Yeah, that that is the one positive here, right? It's expected that Miner will be the go-to starter in Vancouver, so he should have the opportunity to prove himself. It's just a matter of can he. And it it's kind of funny, right? Because he's the opposite of Werner and Ananen, who are two very large goaltenders, whereas Miner is much more on the smaller side and has to rely on that athleticism a lot of the time, so. Same kind of questions there. If if that's his goaltending style, what weaknesses are, are most apparent right now? Uh, the week, the biggest one right now that's going to be uh, an absolute hurdle for him and that I've noticed is that he still plays, to put it in layman's term, like a junior goalie. So something that you can get away with in junior is just being fast, you know, just reacting quickly to this, reacting quickly to that. Because once you start getting down to this third or fourth line on a lot of teams, it's a lot of players that are just there to get education. And and they, they're not going to make the NHL. They might not even make the ECHL. So the biggest thing that he's going to have to learn is how to make the most of his size or to mitigate that size disadvantage. And, and what I've seen from him, he hasn't really done that so far. He's still playing pretty low he still likes to slide around he's given up a lot of room up top and that's just not going to work especially when you compare him to a goalie in similar size in Dustin Wolf the Calgary Flames draft pick who absolutely plays like he knows what he needs to do to make it into the NHL the difference between the two is stark Dustin Wolf looks like he could play in the AHL next year Trent Miner looks like he might not even be a starter in the WHL next year AJ's facial expression there said it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's not encouraging. <laughs> you know, it's not encouraging that he hasn't locked down that job. I I do wonder when it comes to actually drafting goaltenders uh, and building up that the, the organizational depth in your uh, through, throughout your organization. Um, is this is this con- kind of confirmation for Colorado's shift towards? European kids in recent years at the position because the one time that they decide to dip back into the CHL pool, you know, you, you have to make a faster contract decision on those guys. And 
next year it's decision time on Trent Minor, and they they're already going to be you know Annan is coming over Werner's already going to be there who knows what's going on with Miska like is there has the has the ship kind of already sailed on Trent Minor as a meaningful prospect? I don't think so. Not yet. I mean, he still has his draft year plus two to prove what he has. I mean, the potential is there. If Dustin Wolf can do it, uh, Trent Minor can do it, and Trent Minor wouldn't be the shortest goalie ever to play in the NHL either. There's a quite a few short goalies. Uh, you got Ranta, you got Kadobin, for example, you got Halak as well. So it's possible to make it in, but he needs to make the improvements necessary. Or like any other seventh round pick, you just let him go and you try again. There, I don't think there's anything wrong with this pick. Uh, his draft year plus one season was, or sorry, his draft year was uh, absolutely fantastic. He showed up big there and just the improvement wasn't made to the next season. It happens. There's a reason he was the seventh round pick. He wasn't a starter. He was in the tandem with Tendek. So, I mean, you wait till the draft year plus two. If you're still iffy on him, there's still the option of an AHL contract or you just let him go and play in new sports or spend another year in the WHL and try your luck again with another goalie prospect. It, it just It's the same thing like you do with any other defender or forward. Maybe you want to give him a little bit more development time, but as you said before, the league's getting younger even in the goaltending position. So if they still haven't shown anything by that time, letting them go off and take their own development path, not the worst thing in the world. So is the quicker two-year rights holding for CHL goalies reasonable, or is it an advantage to be a European goalie where teams can hold on to your rights for four years and give you that extra time to develop? Because in this case, that certainly seems to be working against minor. I think it was working against minors, just that he just didn't have a very good year. Fair enough. Uh, generally, in your draft year plus two, uh, you want to show some sort of improvement anyways. So even if he was and his uh, even if he was playing in Europe, for example, and his draft year plus two wasn't great again, then the Az would probably be putting him on the back burner, just like they put Peter Kavacha on the back burner. I mean, the guys in Europe, they've given him a lot of time and they still have decided not to sign him so far. So something's going to need to be done on minors end to prove that he's worth the contract. It's just the way it is. Maybe it's a little bit better, but I think once you get into that late range of goaltenders, then it just doesn't really matter a whole lot. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point about Kavacha, just to show that it's more on performance than anything else, especially in those first couple of years. Um, AJ, any other questions before we we wrap up this period, this segment period? No, I think um, you know goalie prospects. Well, <laughs> what do you what do you do with them? Well, I mean, just here's what you know. Like, what do you? They're just they're so frustrating because uh, on any you know, we're really excited about the pipeline. It looks really healthy. It looks great. Two years from now, all of these guys could be nothing. And it's yep. like. Hashtag goalie voodoo. Yeah, it's. It's it's so hard to, to get excited about goaltenders. It, is it is it. Does it worry you at all that the abs have struggled so much to develop quality goaltenders that 
they'll be able to get something out of this crop of, of prospects? I think the goaltending development has uh, improved over the past couple of years. I mean, I remember the days when we had, what was it, Kirk McLean as the part-time living in Vancouver goalie coach. Those were yeah. some pretty dark times. So the recent movement, I mean, when we moved to Francois Allaire and then he brought in uh, Phil Trout, and then Sackick's been doing a good job building on that foundation. And now we have like three full-time goaltending coaches in the organization. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can get something out of these goalies, then we're going to. I mean, they helped. I mean, Francis was very talented, I think. He probably didn't need that much help transitioning to the NHL game, but he spent the whole year in the AHL. Now he's doing really good in the NHL. Adam Werner has come into the AHL on a team that is decent, not the greatest, but probably not the easiest team to play behind. And he's shown up decently well, too, uh, better than you could probably hope for in most situations. And then Hunter Miska had a career rejuvenation year here, going from an AHL contract back to an NHL contract. He's probably earned himself another one. So I think our development system just needs to prove itself at this point. The pieces are in place. You just need talented goalies to develop. So just keep bringing in talented guys. And eventually one or two will start turning out. It's the same thing everywhere else, really. Just find the talented ones. Is it a coincidence their development took a, took a step forward when they invested more in the infrastructure of the position? Oh, for sure. You, nowadays, you have goalie coaches uh, heavily invested into the position. You, you can't just tell a goalie out there to go out and just stop the pucks anymore. The goaltending position has gone so far that they have uh, goalie camps where you go there and there are people that don't really – understand the position but they understand how the human body works and they see what you want to do and they're like well if you want to do that this is how you have to get your body to move properly and it's helped out a lot of goalies uh there was a story about how Braden Holpe went to one of these camps and a guy was just watching him from behind through is able to tell even through the old goal equipment that Braden Holpe's body wasn't working the way it should be to be turning around and rotating properly and he's like just try this Hope he fix it, and then he went on to have some really good years. All right. Well, I think I have the answer into what can save Trent Minor as a prospect. You say he plays too much like a junior goalie. That means he needs to manscape his game. As Manscaped is another one of our partners that will help you to keep your balls clean. That's why they created the Lawnmower 3.0, the newest and best ball hair trimmer out there that you can find. They have a bunch of other stuff as well. You can use code DNVR20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com for the perfect package 3.0 kit, which comes with the trimmer. It comes with some anti-chafe deodorant as well as some spray-on toner as well to keep you all set in every way, shape, and form. Keep yourself looking good, smelling good, feeling good down below the belt. Again, DNVR20. They get that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo, AJ, and Jeremy. We've talked about the prospects. It is time to get into the conversation that has been had many, many times this season. There are many believers in Pavel Francos and his ability to be an NHL starter, perhaps even take the 
job from Philip Grubauer. So where do you stand, first of all, Jeremy? Grubauer or Franzos? Uh, flip a coin. Like, <laughs> okay. The unfortunate part of this is that Grubauer has had essentially a season and a half to take the starting position on Foley, and he hasn't really done that. Then you have Franzos coming in. He's playing hot, and it's exciting, but at the same time, you're looking at the future and wondering, you know, what happens next season when teams start to really hone in on him? This is his first NHL season. And you see lots of goalies come in, and then once the scouting gets to them, sometimes they fail, sometimes they don't. It's just really hard to tell, especially now that it's been shortened up. We might not even get to finish this season. So if that doesn't happen, I do not envy Joe Sackick. Yeah. Uh Look, no decision is easy, and obviously Francois is on an extended contract now at a pretty good price, but Philip Grubauer was brought in to be the starter, and going into the season, that's what he was. There were some ups and downs, obviously, their Grubauer dealing with injuries is what really opened the door for Francois, but how can the Avs get consistency out of either of these guys? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> if you knew that, you'd be the goal uh, coach for the Avs? Yeah, probably. I mean, at the NHL level, there's just so many factors that go into play. Uh, it's possible Grubauer just doesn't have the mental capabilities of being a starter. Maybe you just run with them as a tandem. That's working at Boston, and that's what kind of teams are starting to go more towards because you don't want one goalie being injured and then that ending your season. So having about as stable as goalies as possible to come through at the end of the day is about all you can hope for. And something I'm looking at uh, trying to research more into myself is the idea of like the money goalie, the goalie that you can pay not too much to, but still end up uh, on the positive side of things. So. That's the question right now. Do you need a high-end guy to consistently be that good for you, or do you need to go to a tandem? That's The, the goaltending landscape of the NHL is changing right now. Just go get just go get a Ben Bishop and be fine with it, where he's not. <laughs> Jacob he's, Markstrom. He's, he's really good, but he's not really expensive at the same time. That's the sweet spot you got to try and find right now. If only yeah, it were that that's... easy. I know, right? <laughs> I say it like that, like, hey, you just got to go find a guy who's good and not really expensive. It's just just hockey 101, guys. This is really easy. <laughs> At a position. Florida wants to hire AJ now. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> so why why Markstrom? Why, why the love on Markstrom uh, right now? I think the biggest reason to love Markstrom right now is that he's just consistently been improving over the past couple of years since he got to Vancouver. And now he's almost hitting a very late prime. So you pick him up and you essentially have a lot of good years left in him when compared to, say, someone like Barlamov, who's been the starter for so long. It is so much wear and tear on his body, whereas Markstrom, he doesn't have that same wear and tear. So you can pick him up now, give him a nice contract, and essentially see your own Ben Bishop in that. It's also the same thing with Bobrovsky. That guy has seen so many shots in uh, his NHL career and has played so many games that eventually your body just wears down because the human body is not made to be a goaltender. 
uh, before they started fixing up the pads to add a lot of padding on the inside, uh, us goalies were going down into the butterfly and hitting the ice with three times our body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds as a goalie and you were going into the butterfly, your, your hips were dealing with 600 pounds worth of force. So that's why you see uh, Thatcher Demko, for example, had double hip surgery in his draft year what, after he was drafted. It just wrecks the hip. So you want to try and find that goalie that doesn't have a lot of kilometers on him. And Markstrom fits that bill into a somewhat smaller extent. So does Laner. And then it's also why someone like Braden Holpe just doesn't look like the best option right now. He might come back and have a few good years, but he's seen a lot of action and just not somebody you probably want to try and run with, especially after the last two years. Youth is king, I guess. Those will be very interesting markets if if both of those guys get to to free agency and uh, you throw in Laner as well. That three three very different starting goaltenders on the market at the same time, different ages, different backgrounds, different uh, different profiles moving forward. I ranking those ranking those three. I think is going to be tough for teams because they do like the proven track record. It's going to be hard for teams to talk themselves out of the the sex appeal of what Holtby has done in his career. And there's there's a different, you know, Markstrom, he's just finally living up to the potential that we talked of that had been talked about with him five <laughs> years ago, you know? When he was in Florida, he was the top young goalie prospect. Everybody was waiting and waiting. And then he goes to Vancouver during their rebuild, kind of gets forgotten about, and now he's starting to finally break out just as it's time to get paid, consider me very skeptical. All right. So. I, think, I think it'd be fair to Markstrom. He did have a good year last year, too. Like, it's he been did. years of consistent buildup to this point. So it's not like he suddenly came onto the scene and you could have the same skepticism of, say, people had of Jordan Bennington. I think with Markstrom, you can feel a little bit more comfortable. He's had at least two years of success, maybe two and a half and then Laner, you can say he's had two years of success. So you're feeling a little bit better about those two. Whereas with Braden Holpe, you're wondering, can that guy ever get back to a successful level? Even playing behind a very good Washington team, he's still struggling, which is not promising. So positive trends and consistency are, are king, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. Consistency is always going to be king as the goalie. Yep. And if you have a consistent one, then congratulations. Because yeah, you've captured common. a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I guess we can kind of wrap up the show here. Jeremy, any final thoughts on goaltending, abs goaltending, abs, or honestly, whatever in general, whatever you want to take the floor with here? Um, I don't really know. Just... Uh... Put them on Be the excited spot. for goalies, I guess. Be excited for <laughs> goalies and don't hold up the first goalie taken in a draft to the first player taken in a draft. If the goalie's taken in the third round, shoot him like a third round player. Hey, is, is Askarov worth a, ten, a top 10 pick this year? I think he is, yes. I will say, uh, if you missed out on Askarov, Drew Camesso from the uh, national team program, he's the next best thing. Take a couple pounds off Askarov. Take off an inch or so, and that's Drew Camesso. All right. 
All there right. you go. That's the entire DNVR goalie coverage when it comes to the draft right there. Done. Yep. Um, <laughs> congrats, guys. You guys saw it. <laughs> we will have plenty of skater draft coverage coming up this month, though. However, for now, that was Jeremy. Be sure to check out Giants in the Crease at Crease Giants on Twitter. It does a bunch of amazing stuff on goalies. He sent me a bunch of stats on goaltenders that I look at and sometimes go, that makes sense, or sometimes go, I don't even know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Probably a lot of people do that. They'll take one look at it and be like, this is a lot of stuff. I'll just believe what he says in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> but great content over there. Be sure to check it out for the NVR tonight. We are watching game two of the abs Panthers 96 finals. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast, whether it be ad stuff, draft stuff, who knows bunch of content coming at you until then we will see you next time. Now goalies though, they can get away with this, but for the rest of us, Green Mountain Dental Group, you see, because goalies wear masks, so you can't really see their teeth. But for everybody else, Green Mountain Dental Group, they are the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area. And they are awesome Colorado sports fans, just like everyone in the DNVR community. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from them. Be sure to tweet about it and let everyone know. They're just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, located in Lakewood, and one of our longtime partners, so help everybody out during these tough times. Again, Green Mountain Dental Group. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully and